This is Lindsay. And this is Megan. And you are listening to Things, Things Not, Not to, to Say on, on a First Date. date. <laughs> uh, this episode, <laughs> we have some harmony going on. This episode is called The Interrogation Room, and you are listening to episode episode, <laughs> episode two. Um, where should we begin? Let's talk about why, why we decided to call it The Interrogation Room. Okay. <laughs> so last weekend, Lindsay and I, well, I suppose the idea for this came before last weekend, but Lindsay and I have had this idea for about a month or so, maybe even longer, mm-hmm. that we wanted to go to a sex party. Yes. And we first, we've, it was more than a month. It's <clears> a while. <throat> this has been something that's percolated. It's been, and we've, this was, we started this idea months ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we just, we didn't really believe one would exist, I think, is what it was. Right. That we had access to one or, yeah. So we, we kind of backburnered it for a while and then we were kind of looking for it. But I mean, how do you look for a sex party, really? Yeah. I don't know. It's one of those things. Yeah. You, so, if you know a person who knows a person, and you didn't, didn't somebody once they told you about one that was not the one that we ended up going to, and then it didn't I found up, a flyer that was not a, the one. Oh, okay. But we didn't. I never went to that. Okay. But anyway, um, yeah. So we decided we wanted to go to a sex party, and I think both of us had maybe I don't know if we have different reasons, maybe similar reasons for why we wanted to go. I think. <laughs> sorry sorry y'all my couch I just like made a face like I had a realization but it's because my couch is making this noise like it sounds mm. like uh, the very cliched bed springs or like of sex yeah <laughs> not sex that was being had at this party no, <laughs> no so, sex was being had at this party at the sex party anyway interrogation room yes so we we finally we found one and we don't have a sex party, a sex party. Mm-hmm. and it it was queer. It was a queer identified sex party. It was sex positive. It was supposed you know, to be very yeah. It was the, sex positive, but I don't know well, that I'm it ever, how they how they advertised it. So did they advertise it as a sex party? I thought it was a yeah, play party. I think it was advertised as a sex party. Are you sure you didn't just see that? <laughs> Maybe I saw because what I wanted. I to think see. it was like oh, a play party, oh, which is different. Oh man, that yes. might be where the miscommunication was. Yeah, it's true. But anyway, we went in thinking we went. it was a sex party. Yeah, we identified sex party. Yes, and when we say we went in thinking it was a sex party, there's a number of reasons both of us wanted to like see what that would be like. But one of them would be. That we wanted to see what it would be like to go to a place that was specifically meant for sexual encounters mm-hmm. and casual encounters to see what the implications of that might be. Yeah, and I think also never having been to one, I was just personally curious to see what the whole atmosphere and environment was like and if it was something that I would feel comfortable in because... You know, it's one of those things you can kind of think that you know how you'd feel about it, but you might not really know until you got there. And just kind of see how, yeah, just curiosity, and I think I... Curiosity killed the cat, Mm -hmm. though. It's true. They do say that. Killed the cat. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we went there kind of more open-minded, I think, sort of wanting wanting to enjoy this situation, and I think... I don't know if either of us had the intention of necessarily, like, having full-blown sex with somebody. I think it was one of those things that happened. I was, happened. you know what I was envisioning? I was envisioning okay. the movie Short Bus or something. <gasps> Short That's Bus. That's what I was hoping for. Yes. Yeah, something yes. that was, like, a little yeah. bit, like, visually stimulating and different. And, and, and so not, it didn't take like, itself super seriously. And didn't make, like, vomit come up in your mouth. <laughs> yes. A little bit. That's true. I remember I got a little bit nauseous. She did. But that's that's later on in the story. So yeah. So basically we went there thinking, okay, cool. 
And so we get in the car and we, and we, like, we, had we were totally sober. We drank diesel yes. water. <laughs> because we didn't want to experience it uh, altered. We figured that it'd be a good idea just to go in there totally sober. So we didn't drink anything. We we drink diesel water so we'd be awake. And we get Is Visa water even water? Is it more oh like God, a Visa drink? It's, it's We're not advertising Visa. <laughs> yeah. We did drink it. We but. may or may not have drunk it. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, so we drive, and as we're driving, it's in um, it's in this. We get we get it's like closer and closer where it is, and we realize that we're going to a really not so awesome neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, we won't we won't spare you where it was, but let's just say there were strip clubs around, which is not unusual for Portland. But the outfit I was wearing, <laughs> and even like I mean, any outfit anyone would be wearing. You, it, it just, I was a little bit scared I might be mistaken for a prostitute. Just because I feel like a lot of prostitutes are there. Like, literally. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that was a little nerve-wracking. That didn't feel very inviting. And and you walk up to it, and, and the place where I was at it, it literally looked like someone's apartment building. Like, yeah. It was which, it was a door. There was like a, a um, oh, what should we call it? Like a, a, a unit, a window unit sticking out of it, and then like, a window that had shades, obviously very closely drawn, so you couldn't see what was happening on the inside, but you could tell there was light on the inside. So really, in between a strip club and some other, like, 24-hour adult fantasy land right. video was this was like random apartment. And it had different rooms. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, I don't even know where to go from there. We go in. Well, we stood outside there for a little bit, and we were like, do we uh, want to go in? Are we sure we want to do was, this? It was like 20 bucks, too. It was. And that's a lot of money for us at our... Financial. With our economic status. Yeah. So we forked over the $20, and you walk into an anteroom, kind of, and there was someone taking money, and then there was like a coat rack, and there was a couple couches, and there was like a... Like, you know, a, a table that had food nicely arranged in it. And so it seemed very much like... An awkward house party. Yes. Like, you walk in and you kind of feel like you're in someone's awkward house party. And then... And then... We don't need to go into too much detail about, like, the whole entire... Our entire experience. But basically, once you walk through the inner room, then you get into the actual rooms. And so it was really... As we walked through the rooms, it was... It was very surprising, at least to me, and... You know, again, this was the first experience like this that I had had, so I don't know what to compare it to, but there was nobody having sex. Like, nobody. Nobody How in the first we, we were there for 40 minutes, and nothing yeah. really happened. Well, there was that, there was some weird stuff going on in the room, the room that had that, had the exotic dancing stage on it. Oh, I didn't see you that. Know, I didn't see anything, but did you hear what was happening? There were some really intense... Oh, the strip holes. Yes. I forgot about the strip holes. Yeah. Shit, I should have at least gotten on a fucking <laughs> strip hole if I was going to pay that. Yeah. But I couldn't because they there were... some weird... It was occupied with some really hardcore sounding shit. Instead of Occupy Portland, it was like Occ- Occupy... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. My vagina. <laughs> But, but don't. Like, yeah, it was role, basically, it was role playing. I've been around sounds like that before. I've been around scenes like that before. And it's just very showy. It's, it's almost as though the people are getting more enjoyment out of the fact that they're shocking others or this is how it feels. It feels fake, false to me. That's, that's what I feel about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am not in a place to say if those people were enjoying themselves or not, but I, I really felt like the scene that was being played and like all of the scenes that were being played were very much like for the pleasure of other people watching and either being shocked or curious or interested. And the sounds coming from this room in particular were not, they were like the opposite of um, a turn on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't even, was it, was it kind of, it was kind of like a rape thing, right? Yes. Yes. It did sound like that. I don't even, but it it wasn't even like the screams felt real. Like, not that they should have felt real and that would have made it, (laughs) that's not funny. Um, Well, yeah, it was, I mean, I do think that there was a very much of a, instead of, I think it was weird. And I mean, like, I, I totally, I mean, in terms of just being like for the pleasure of voyeurs. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but there was kind of a lack of, there was this sort of inhibition that I think was strangely present or like a, there was, it like never felt like people were actually just like in the moment and doing what they wanted to do and they were doing it 
It was all, you know, it, there was always this sort it of, like, It felt layer very staged. Yes. There yeah. was some artifice to it. And it was... What was going... That room, I couldn't even... I It didn't feel... It was a lot of people, right? In that room, I don't remember. Yes. In that room, there was maybe, like, four or five people. Weird. I wonder what room. they were reenacting. But it was almost like this whole party, too, or whatever you would want to call it. When someone's playing, I don't know, I Can Make You Hurt... All depressing. Well, and that was, I think, it was interesting because all the stuff that we saw was, there was a, there was, I don't know if this is probably a coincidence, but every everything that we saw that was, like, not just people sitting around talking had an element of, like, violence or, like... Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, it had S&M stuff going yes. on. Yeah. Yes. There was definitely S&M. So there was a woman that was, that was, like, literally, she was getting, like, um whipped for like probably about like the entire time we were there I feel yeah like, for about 45 minutes like pretty that's a long, long time. time and then there was the person that was doing the play piercing and we just missed the suture demonstration before we I'm, yeah. <laughs> before we came which was probably not a bad thing yeah there was like everything that we saw was there was an S&M element which is so, totally okay I mean it's well, like it's not like that's yeah. not I have I mean it's like that that didn't particularly bother me but it was interesting because there was, I mean, I didn't see, there was, there was always like this, it wasn't people interacting with people, it was like people interacting with someone with a medium of a whip or a needle or this or that, and it was, it felt like very distant. Everything felt like there was something, do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. I, th I think that, gosh, I, I was going somewhere with this. I was going on a masochism thing. But um, I think the reason SNL. But I'm going to pause. Is that okay? Because I'm going to Is so fascinating to me is because the whole argument I have read that would differentiate it from violence mm -hmm. yeah. would be that it's like you're on a roller coaster. You're, you know, you're on the ride. You're on the ride and you are simulating falling and you are simulating um, getting close to death and getting so close to it you just barely get there but you don't there's not really any danger I mean there's some danger but there's not really it's not like you actually are falling it's the idea of like playing a role that you're falling and I think where I get confused is the bruises are real right the blood is shed um your body feels it mm-hmm the next day, it's so so. If it is simulated, and this is a roller coaster, then that doesn't explain how it's. I think that's why it's different than that. I guess that analogy isn't completely. My point of it is, it, it it's not. It can't be all simulation. There's a reality to it that 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 analogy is not true. There is some real danger in it because those bruises do last, and those. Um, not that bruises are bad, but I'm just saying they're real. They, they are on your body. They're on what you physically are going to be in for the next however amount of time. And some people's scars will be on there forever, forever by somebody else. And so um, that's all very real. And that's where Maybe I guess it does feel violent. Okay. Because there's an element of... Do you feel like... I mean, for me, what I would say would be different was, would that the, like, the intention, I mean, I don't know, it just seems like the intent, maybe it's, like, the emotional, it's not emotionally, it doesn't emotionally feel the same way. As being maybe. violated? Yeah, or being, actually, somebody, let's say someone comes up to you and, like, and you don't know them. Oh, definitely, just, you for know, sure. Or, like, no. in terms of, like, an I, emotional. Yeah, no, and I'm not against, like, I'm not against, in fact, I'm really open to S&M and that kind of play and have partaken in it. So that's why, like, it's not like this stuff really necessarily shocked me. It was just more, like, um, I guess the, the fun part of it or the thrill, I don't know, maybe because I was just witnessing and not part of it. Huh. That might have been why. Yeah, do you think if you were the person... Well, I was wondering, no, it's like whipping? Yeah, or being whipped or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, the reason I bring this up is because in that one room where there was the cross thing, yeah. mm -hmm. I've been on one of those before, mm -hmm. and I've felt what it's like to have two people, like, you know, like, not just, like, whip, but, like, electric shock and, like, do weird, like, weird things to your body and whatever. And I've really enjoyed that power play. But, and then again, it wasn't very long. And so I was wondering, I was wondering that, too, like, if we had gone to that, 
alone, say. But see, I wouldn't have wanted to do that alone is the thing. But I was just wondering, like, in a different context, would I have felt more comfortable exploring? I really wondered that. <laughs> comfortable mm -hmm. I don't yeah yeah it felt really like and I don't really know what exactly that was but I think it has to do with scenes chicka 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 oh it's a, it's like a, a leeway little, yeah it's also play on words scene and a scene, scene a scene yeah. people doing scenes maybe the show should be <laughs> called scenes scenes maybe so the interrogation room We'll, we'll decide. We can decide yeah. when we get to the end. But, yeah, I think one of the things that was, for for me, thinking about it, and maybe why I didn't feel particularly... Well, A, like, nobody nobody said hello. Oh, yeah. That was the other thing. We were there, and they were like, oh, we're all inclusive, and we're good... good. They, they even describe themselves as a good place for people if you've never been to one, that it was a good... That yeah. they were... But the entire nobody time we were there, to us. nobody said hello. And like, granted, we didn't. Who say knows? Hello. We didn't say hello. But you know, it, it seems like if you're if you're one of the the people that is a more a regular there, that it might be more beholden on you to greet people who are new to that situation than having people doing. I don't know. I mean, whatever. Like that. That's that's not really super. But it, like, nobody really. Everybody seemed like they were just kind of in their own little groups doing their own little thing, mm -hmm. and that nobody said hello. And it did sort of feel like, it was it was sort of a very similar feeling to going to, again, to like a house party or like some kind of event or anything. Where, where you like, didn't know anyone. You didn't know anybody. And that yeah. nobody was interested in getting to know you or like making you feel welcome. And so that was, it had a kind of, and it gave it a kind of seamy vibe. And maybe, you know, I think everybody, yeah. So that was, that was sort of strange. And it definitely, it felt like, Scenes are a pop a problem in Portland in general. That's true. And I think that goes along along with our interrogation. No, they really are. If you don't live in Portland, it if you do live in Portland, you know what I'm talking about. And if you don't, it's it's just very like Williamsburg, New York feeling or something in terms of mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Maybe I shouldn't call it out like that, but it kinda <laughs> it kind of is a little bit. Yeah. And like people are just I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I'm holding Caulfield and I'm like, the phonies. I'm so real. I'm the catcher in the rye. I'm the real one. Me. And I'm not. I mean, I'm just, I'm, right. you know, my own kind of bad, but I just have always had trouble with scenes. Like there was not that many people and I just felt, it just felt very strange. So... I don't know what this has to do with scenes exactly. This doesn't really have, but I think... No, it does because it felt strange. And so what resulted from the strange feeling is like literally Megan and I went into the interrogation room, which is what we were like... Another sad, disappointing yeah, experience. Yeah, like we were picturing what do you... Dick Tracy versus what, like some woman femme fatale or some I don't know weird stuff maybe, yeah. <laughs> and then or two Dick Tracys whatever, yeah. <laughs> but like an interrogation room with like a lamp that was kind of like going yeah, out on top yeah. of the ceiling mm -hmm. and a cat flying on it. Okay, sure. No. <laughs> I didn't, that wasn't in my personal vision. <laughs> And, like, someone pacing around the table right. and, like, slamming their hand mm -hmm. down on the... And the like, double-sided double mirror. Like, law and order. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm gonna get you, mother. Yeah. And, and, and they're being, like... <laughs> excuse me. Um, handcuffs. There was, mm -hmm. like... And instead, instead, what you got was a tiny room, and instead of a table, there was a chair that looked like an electric chair chair that had, like, leather um, cuffs that were coming out from, like, the arms and from the bottom of the legs. So you could tie someone's legs 
um, and and arms to the to the chair, but it looked like an electric chair. It was, I mean, it didn't have the whole oh. upper aspect of it, but it was shaped exactly like the bottom of an electric chair. This is getting yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was really creepy. It was creepy. so. What did we do? We decided to sit in it. <laughs> And just hang out because we like creepy things. Yeah. No, that if that tells you that that was the room we felt the most uncomfortable. I mean, most, most comfortable, comfortable in. in. Yeah, like seriously, we took turns. I was on the bottom first, and then I'm, <laughs> I was in the chair, whatever, in the chair first, and then you were in it like yeah. equally, mm-hmm. and we were really seriously having like a philosophical conversation of the problematics of the of the space. Yeah. While we were, and this is maybe, and this also might give you an idea as to why Lindsay and I, I think, I think the other thing is like, it's easy, you have to look at, I feel like sometimes I have to look at myself and when I feel like I am either judging or being, not wanting to be part of a particular situation, some part of it isn't other people being unwelcoming, it's like I am, I am projecting my own judging or my own like insecurity and distancing do you know what I'm saying and this is and I mean obviously so I was kind of like well maybe it's not that the party itself was unwelcoming but that you and I came into this space being like very much like nervous and then when people weren't immediately welcoming we're like oh god what's going on with this place I don't think that's all that would happen because there were definitely things that were weird mm-hmm. and we're not not sexy and that's the thing like it wasn't really sexy and it wasn't festive it wasn't a party and there was no sex. There it was, was very serious. It was very serious. And I think there were definitely problematic parts of it, but, you know, taking into account that, like, maybe, maybe Lindsay and I is, like, uh, maybe I felt like as a reaction of feeling uncomfortable, I got into, like, a too, too cool for school kind of vibe where I was like, this is, this is so weird. What's going on here? But it might have just been me feeling uncomfortable and out of my comfort zone. And I was, like self-protecting or something by doing that I don't know I thought about that later but obviously I mean yeah this is why Lindsay and I might have a problem or at least I might have a problem being in a sex party because obviously I overthink things too much mm-hmm. um and that's like that might be reason number one why. maybe you're like, I think you're like in your frontal lobe all the time <laughs> frontal lobe all the time it's true it's your frontal lobe is like exploding it's like crazy. my heart chakra is exploding your frontal lobe is like exploding. Like my heart chakra is exploding. You know, keeping that in mind. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to sex, I think there's a certain way where like politics, politics can totally ruin sex. They, what I do mean, you mean by that? I think they. All right. So let's let's say if you were to talk, talk. I mean, okay. This is this is my um one. So when I was when I was when I graduated from college, I graduated from college and. The, I got an internship working at uh, a a very long running feminist. Um, so, so one of the things that was interesting was that one of the women I think I've told Lindsay the story before. One of the women that was in majorly in charge of the magazine, she had um, had been been married, had two children, and then had had a feminist awakening or some awakening of a kind, and she divorced her husband and was got really into feminist politics and decided that that she chose to be a lesbian. So she made, she was like, well, I am making the choice because heterosexual relationships reinforce patriarchy and I'm making a decision because I do not want to reinforce patriarchy. I am choosing to be a lesbian. So most people, when they talk about choosing to be, choosing to be gay or choosing to be lesbian, it, that kind of dialogue comes from the right wing and like conversion therapy stuff, which is really interesting hearing it come from the completely other direction. So she said that she chose to be a lesbian and that every person could choose to be a lesbian. And also that her, but, but okay, but that, that's one thing. But then her and her partner, when we were talking about, we started talking about sex and she felt like any kind of, any kind of penetrative sex was heterosexist and patriarchal, and she was opposed to any kind of penetrative sex. You're talking fingers, dildos, obviously. What? Yes, yes, obviously, and obviously actual, like, penises by men. Strap-ons? Strap-ons, completely okay. no. And no, so she, no, okay, yes. no I, I'm 100, 100% serious, Lindsay. I'm completely 100% serious. Absolutely serious. That's what she thought, that, like, actual feminist sex was 
clitorally oriented. That's not how all second wave, well, no. or even the majority, okay, or like hardly any second. Wave and I, I'm not saying, and again, I'm like, I know you're right that it's not. Doesn't mean everybody that comes up from the second wave feels the way. But I'm just saying that that is a, a very extreme example of a time where politics has has gone into sexuality in a way that like mm. and like you know and I mean not to say that like I mean I can't speak to whether or not like her her actual romantic and sexual relationship with her female partner her or how she her orientation whatever is going on like that isn't something that I like you know that I really want to but just the fact that like that she that she led her politics even like like for like prescribed certain sexual acts that were acceptable and unacceptable. And I think that, and I think to some degree and to a lesser degree that sometimes that can happen where like certain things, like people, and it doesn't, people feel like shame about certain things. Like people, it's like you're in a particular kink. It can translate into shame because you're like, wow, I'm a feminist or I have these beliefs, but I'm turned on by this. So the thing that's interesting is like these people at this party didn't have shame. No. But we don't have shame. No. So that wasn't the problem. No, shame wasn't the problem. I don't think it was a shame thing. I just feel like it was it was so PC or something about it was just so Maybe it was super third wave. Maybe it was. And we need like <laughs> get an, back to the second wave. No, we need like a another wave like a, a green wave. one of those things where it was I just didn't I felt like there was something that was preventing people from actually like Connecting. being sexual or like sexually relating to people I didn't feel like there was any kind of sexual relationship or relating at all and it just felt like there was something holding people back from that and the thing that I could that I attributed it to was the fact that it was so it was like so sex positive that that it, that that it had kind of almost become sex had become like theoretical or something I don't even know it felt really weird I'm not sure if I'm really articulating this well but there was just I just felt like it was one of those things where it's like I didn't feel like people were like hey I see you let's do this let's like make what this were happen expecting I don't know I mean I guess I wasn't expecting someone to do that I don't I I, well yeah I don't know I'm not really sure but it just it didn't feel it didn't feel natural or organic it felt very much like um uh, like, You're so granola. I know. Well, yeah. I am too. Yeah, you know, it just didn't feel, it felt like very, like, it felt very structured. That's, that's when very, you know, wooey, wooey, wooey. That's when you know. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. listening to our podcast. No, that's how you know. How you know what? That's when it's wooey. When you start talking about things being organic, organic. in your life yes. and raw. Yeah. Right. Mm hmm. <laughs> and 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 being unstructured or too structured. Yeah, yeah. That's when you know you're granola. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know. Granola's I think... hot though. Just saying. Hey. hey. It is. Yeah. Don't you think it's attractive in other people? I do. I really. I totally dig um, girls that don't shave. I think that's super hot. Yeah. Have you ever been with someone where afterward you were like, whoa, that person is super like. Like that made you feel like granola. Like they didn't think granola was hot. Uh-huh. So they were like super OCD about mm. things, and it's not hot. That's no. all I'm saying. No, yeah, you know, yeah, I know totally. I have I have been with people where you, uh-uh. I felt like again, I like I felt like I was all over the place, like my sh- all, all over, over the place. place. So that's the best thing to say to someone that you like. You're all, all over, over the, the place. place. I, think, I mean, that's the thing. It's like I feel like a lot of times. Humans, we trip ourselves. We trip like ourselves up. You were not singing the song. Like you were my friend. Where is why? It just sounded like what you were. I know, but what what about S and M brought up Free Willy? That's real. That's really weird. Okay, we're gonna transition. Well, we're going to transition to the idea of while we were at the sex party, you brought up the fact, because I was saying that there's this dom in me, 
But the dom I am is really weird because I'm not like, hey, you get get on the floor and let me beat you or whatever a dom would say. It's more like, hey, you, get up here and fuck me and tie me up. And that's a totally different thing. Mm-hmm. So you came up with the two ideas of... Well, I didn't... I shouldn't say I came up with them. I just introduced Lindsay to them. I've been familiar with them for a while. But the whole idea of topping from the bottom. And therefore, bottoming from the top. Which goes kind of hand in hand with topping The top from the being the rider? No, no. The top is the... No, the rider is the bottom. Okay. But you know what? Did we even explain what rider meant to us in the first Rider is the person with the... <laughs> With the with the boobs, kind of. Into her breasts, it was like the rider. <laughs> it's kind of a qual. Yes, it's kind of a yes. It's kind of a um. Somebody who is more the receiving person. If you're if more you're, endowed, more endowed. Um, yes. It tends to be more on the receiving end of penetrative yes. sex acts. Can we to get technical? We could say right. So Lindsay and I both described ourselves as writers, just in a sense that. And so, yeah. If you yes, right. But so topping from the bottom. So topping from the bottom. I know that the top person isn't necessarily on top. No. No. What that means is that topping from the bottom is that the person is on the bottom, playing the role of the submissive, playing the role or whatever. Mm-hmm. But really, they're kind of like telling the bottom. Wait, yes. They're telling the other one what to do. Please be this way. Yes, you can have me. I want to be dominated by you, but mm-hmm. well, I would say there. I think there. There's. It's a little bit different because you could say that most, at least my understanding of traditional S and M BDSM dynamics is the person on the bottom is generally speaking, or the submissive person is generally speaking, controlling what happens. Like that, even though they are technically the one that seems like. If you were just watching the situation, that would be the bottom or the submissive person, that they have all the control and power in that scene because they're the ones that get to say, this can happen, this can't happen. The bottom they, people? Yes. Yeah. Well, they have the safe, they have the ability to like. They have the safe, safe word. word. They have the ability to safe word out of a situation. And so that, I mean, Whoa. obviously not everything is like that, but traditionally well, the speaking. the other person doesn't have a safe word. Well, no, because they're the one that is actually initiating everything that's oh. happening. So they don't need a safe word. Yeah. You know, I mean, they could say, I mean, maybe they would. But generally speaking, they probably Whoa, whoa, whoa. But, but topping from the bottom, I think, just means that you're taking a more, in terms of the actual sex act, the more traditional submissive or feminine or whatever you want to, whatever kind of labels you want to throw onto that thing, act. But you are, you are actually very clearly controlling what is happening. You're verbally saying, or you're clearly communicating in some way, this is going to happen and then this is going to happen, which is different, which is a little bit different than what you were talking about, which I think is maybe more omnipresent of this. Kind of in a way. That's kind of like, isn't that part of being... Well, you could say there's the division. What I kind of think of it as is there's, it's, it's dividing what your body wants and what, what 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 like gets you off in terms of a physical way, and what gets you off in terms of like a, a mental, emotional way? Because you could say like I think one of the things about being a writer is like you and I both talked about. Sometimes you just really want to, to sit on something. I'm just gonna I don't know better way to Let's see. Yes. I don't know. I almost would you want to talk about it? She's like uh, not commenting. I don't know. There's probably a better way to describe that. <laughs> But um, but sometimes you just want to be fucked, <laughs> right? You just want to get fucked, and but that's and that's. <laughs> but you know the fact that your body wants to get that your body has this desire that you it's like your body wants to get fucked, but the way that you that you get your body off, but like maybe mentally you get off on on being in control and having that kind of more dominant aspect but what's the actual sex act is your body is giving off by getting but what about so maybe <laughs> since we're here and we're and we're not interviewing random people why don't you talk about your topic unless you have a someone that you an unanswered question that you have with um, I, 
I just feel like I I was I've been on the self care kick. So yeah. this is just a little wooey and um okay. So I have this list of things I do for self care and I find a lot of the time that while working a job full time that's like a pretty serious job and it's really hard to make time for self care. And Megan and I have talked about this too. It's really hard to like seek adventure and get an adventure when you're you're kind of in the grind, whatever your grind may be. And you anyway, it's it's kind of difficult to like get out of that. And so I realized that I had had plenty of time for like things that maybe haven't been the best for me, but I have had time for sex and like not not like things like that I feel like not things like in terms of the bigger picture of the universe and, and whatever and my point of this would be is that if it was making me feel good that would be one thing but it, it makes me all confused instead of like having sex with myself or like going to a sex party that's actually healthy and just engaging in casual sex and whatever it ends up being complicated and my point of all of this is 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 there a time or like just kind of exploring the idea of like have you ever felt interrogated by another person that you were intimate with because you are trying to do your self-care I think that's a huge issue in okay. relationships yeah. and yeah. I think that a lot of people mm -hmm. the reason for relationships fails because one of them is like hey I'm self-caring and the other person is like you're not giving enough mm-hmm what the f how do you balance that shit? Because, like, this person has this shit, and this person has that shit, and, like, you're both trying, and you both have good intentions, but... So that was just it. That was just, oh. like, the, the idea yeah. that, like, mm -hmm. you're feeling, like, so much from the other person for your self-care, who's just trying to do their self-care, and it just ends up feeling like you're both interrogating each other or something. Like, there's this dynamic to it that may or may not be contributing to the sexual interrogation, that may or may not bleed over into that. Okay. Well, I think that's... I think that it's very hard not to have things bleed over into your sex life. with Particularly with someone who you... isn't just a casual thing. Like, yeah. You know, or, like, someone that you just met. Like, if you have any kind of relationship with someone outside of sex, then anything that's going on with that is probably probably going to in some way affect your sex life. You know? totally true I don't know I think I think you're right that that is one of the things that is the most difficult thing to balance and I think a lot of people have issues in terms of engaging in any self-care while they're in relationships yes and so people can get I mean everybody knows that person where like they're your friend hey girl the skeletons say hey girl I got something for you um yeah so you know whether you're friend hey girl hey they're like they're with you every day, you're like, you're hanging out, you're going to like, you know, par dance parties, you're like grabbing coffee. You forget about things like, I don't know, well, the fact, I don't know, you, you just and then, forget about. And then, and then they finally find someone that they're dating, and then they disappear. They don't, they're not around. Like, all of their other relationships go off to the wayside, they go away, and then they, and you don't see them until they end up breaking up with that person. And then they mysteriously, they magically reappear. And it's mm -hmm. like, I mean, and I think that friendship, I think friendship is, is always a priority, priority over relationship. Well, I, it's a priority for me for sure. Like, I don't, I think that it's, it seems really strange, particularly, I mean, yes, obviously the main difference is you don't, I mean, most friendships, you're not having sex with them. So... I mean, obviously, you're getting, something, <laughs> you're getting something from your romantic sexual partner you're not getting from your friends, which is important. But at the same time, like, a lot of, like, friendship people you've known for years, like, decades, and you're like, oh, bye-bye. I'm just going to, like, be really wrapped up in this someone I've known a month. And it just doesn't seem, it seems very strange. It doesn't seem healthy to me because, you know, those friends, particularly when, when everything hits the fan and it's all over, then they're the ones that have to, like, yeah, hang out with you while you're crying. Into, them, the truth yeah. of the matter is, is, like, your friends, for the most part, are going to be there longer. Yes. For some reason, like, friendships really do usually... Bros above four. Bros. Kidding. No. Sisters Sisters before. Sisters before. Sisters before. Sisters before. Mistas. What? What's up? I think there's a different. Um, no, it's chicks before dicks. That's the expression. 
<laughs> yeah, no. It should be, like, I don't know what it should be with women. That's why it's so confusing being queer, because they interweave so Yes. Much. Yeah, you, that's true. You are, like, really close friends with the person you're dating. You yeah. become each other's best friends. You have slumber parties, and then you also have rage fuck sex. Wait. Rage fucks. I don't know what rage that is. Sex fucking. Raging whatever. Raging fucking. Ra- great sex. Great I don't know. Angry sex. You're like playing girl talk, and then you just like start fucking. Yeah. To get the anger out. Um. <laughs> this is, maybe that's just you. I don't know. I don't do that, Megan. <laughs> you don't when have slumber parties. Oh with, my gosh. With like pillow fights. <laughs> it just sounded like it just sounded like you were going into like un- unintentionally going into like this cliche idea of like male male interpretation of lesbians. They had a slumber party with the pillows, and then they suddenly started bringing Megan. That's why when I'm doing this thing, I have to refrain from certain things. And the point of that is that it's really, it has a lot of power. It doesn't matter. I don't need to go into it. The point is is that sex is a lot of power. So if you're going to stop those things, it's hard to do. Right. Because it has a lot of power. So you have to fucking really have some power to fucking combat your sex drive. Especially when you're getting closer to 33 every day. Which is the peak. Right? In case you don't know. That is women's sexual peak. It's also one of women the most beautiful. No, I'm serious. Yeah. They say like, they say that 33 is like the age of, the peak of physical beauty for women. Mm -hmm. Really? Huh. And spiritual. So like everything's downhill from there. It's not that it's downhill, <laughs> Megan. Why are you gonna be Why? so? Yeah, of course I would think that. Switch. I'm like, identify that moment, Megan. I like just Turn took, that I just made a cloud positive. out of a silver lining. Yeah, you there. Did. I did. Sorry, that Sorry. was sad. Um, yeah, I. But yeah, I guess that's it. That's really all I had to say. And just that I think that it does have a lot of power. Yeah, and that it, it is really interesting. How I think writers have a certain power. Writers. Yeah, I think that there's power in the. In the breast area, like a crazy amount of power. people are really into boobs. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it's weird, and this is just something maybe possessing them. It's hard to really entirely get it. You know? No, I don't get it either because like <laughs> Megan and I have the same exact bra size. We do. We're like bra size. Which, sisters. by the way, we should say this. Oh, how, how big are yeah. No, 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 not how <laughs> big like... it is. Should we say where we got? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, so there's this. By the way, P.S. There's a store. Mm-hmm. Um, on Alberta and what? Northeast Alberta and 28th-ish. And it's called the Pencil Test and this woman's amazing and she specializes in like bigger chested women and we both got fitted there and brought, we're the same size. But the Pencil Test is great and you should yes, you should go. see it online. Right. Beautiful lingerie, like yeah. totally worth it. And, yeah. and she's in the, and the proprietor is really rad and she can just look at you and tell you how big your boobs are. Really weird. Like, and I prefer the word tits to boobs as a oh, side really? note. Yeah. Okay. All right. No, you don't have, I'm just saying like, if we're going to, I'm just sharing that. Just sharing that you're, I don't like boobs. Tits. Yeah. Boobs. Tits feels, I don't know. Yeah. Boobs about. feels like, <laughs> I think of like, like saggy <laughs> boob tree that's like, <laughs> yeah, my boobie. Like in the last unicorn, the boob tree was like, call me a little but I, I prefer boobs I think tits just it reminds me of tits and ass it just sounds very like I like the word ass too but you the like phrase, boobs and butt and boobs and butt yeah weird I guess so boobs and boobs rear and <laughs> boobs and rear you're weird well anyway the point is that I do I think that there is power all you gotta do seriously I gotta do is put some motherfucker's head <laughs> in your boobs or <laughs> straddle them and jump on them and put their head in your boobs or like motorboat them <laughs> It's really fucking easy. All you have to do is shove their face in your cleavage and you pretty much can get whatever you want. And I'm not trying to be an asshole, but it's kind of true. So you use that to your advantage? Fuck yes. What do you, 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 don't, you don't use it to your advantage? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not as deliberately. If, if the person is into the writer. If you're doing that to a writer, the writer's gonna fucking care less. Yeah, and be like, and she's gonna wanna like walk three and a half miles to the Laurelhurst 
and watch a movie. I don't know. She She's not going to be into it, though. Yeah, it's true. I don't really... I don't tend to... I... I'm trying to think if I've ever dated a woman who had bigger boobs than me. I think the answer is no. I had sex with one. Once. And it was really cool because I felt like her body was like even a more feminine version of mine. Even though like she kind of presented more androgynous in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt it was one of those things where like I kind of saw myself in her and it was mm-hmm. kind of nice. But I didn't ride her either. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like that dynamic. It was like we were very mutually giving and taking. Yes. Okay. It wasn't like that dynamic and it was really good. It really was. Too bad she's cry cry. Oh. That's cool. Yeah. I like it when girls cheat on <laughs> their girlfriends with seven people, one with oh, the same name of mine. Me. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Can I, all right, this is, this actually brings up an interesting something that I thought about. Do you think that if you were not born with the figure that you have, that you would, your gender presentation would be different? Um, oh, that's really fascinating. I feel like I'm being interrogated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The light's on you. <laughs> a flashlight in her face right now. <laughs> My eyes are going left to right. There's a shadow on the wall. I'm like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? Um, yeah. Because I feel like a gay man a lot of the time. Except I don't like penis at all. But, like, yeah. I And I, I feel like, yes. I feel like if my body were more like flat chested and I am pretty I am actually pretty boyish from down my chest because I don't really have hips and I don't really have an ass and my legs are kind of they could be androgynous so like I am actually pretty androgynous from under my chest down but the top of me basically my chest my arms aren't like super feminine either no yeah my hands are, but, like, the rest of me isn't super, my collarbone, it's not super feminine. It's just, like, I really think it's that chest area. And so, yeah, if that was different, fuck yeah, I would feel, especially if I was, like, really petite and, like, I mean, these people don't know what my body, t- our body's tights are, so it's kind of weird to talk about. But, like, if I was, like, really petite and, um, like, and, yeah, I think I would present more androgynous. I do. I mean, because I was thinking about it, like, I don't, I was trying to think if I, if I was, if I could remember any people that were very androgynous in their gender presentation, but had very, very obviously feminine bodies, and, and I know of a couple of people who, like, are, tra- like, transitioned and had, you know, had reduction surgery to, you know, top surgery, basically, to, you know, but I, other than that one person... I can't really think of anybody that I was like, you have a very, very almost like really feminine body and a very androgynous, mm. more masculine tending gender presentation. And I kind of wonder for myself if I had a more, I don't know, I sometimes feel like my gender presentation is sort of like, because I can't get, a, I cannot, I cannot get away with wearing like things that like, I cannot wear things like, like button up shirts like, people are like, oh, just buy a button-up shirt up to the collar. Well, no, that's not going to happen because you have boobs and there's a boob gap. Cannot happen. There's no such thing. I mean, there's just certain things that I'm you like... You could wear... Yes, but you could wear just, like, a really cool bra and just have the button-up shirt over it. That's true. I guess I and could. And that would look cool. I suppose I... Maybe I haven't tried hard enough. But also, it just doesn't feel... It doesn't feel like me exactly... More it doesn't. Than, well, it doesn't. But but I sort of wonder if maybe I would be more comfortable with it if if I had a less overtly feminine body. I don't know. Just something I've thought about. So that's the end of episode 
to episode two, the interrogation room. Um, I hope we made you think or laugh um, or something. This is Lindsay signing off. I just want to remind you of a couple of things. We do have a Twitter account. Um, our quit, sorry, our Twitter account is at queer fem pdx podcast um and that is at queer fem pdx podcast at q u e e r f e m m e p d x p o d c a s t um you can find us on iTunes and our email address is things not to say on a first date at gmail gmail.com that's things not to say on a first date at gmail.com and you can send us any questions you have um we hope to get some more feedback from other people and perhaps some more art on the on this in the future um we've um also been looking into other podcasts and found some that are really cool tristan tarantino um has done a really good job about sex out loud and I just listened to a podcast today called Romantic Friendship. Um, and they did one episode in particular about 90s hip-hop that was really interesting. Um, and I think they're really interesting in general. So that's just a couple of mentions. Um, in the future, if you have any questions or you'd like to comment in any way, just let us know. Um, and we will see you on episode three. We are unsure what it is yet. Um, Oh, yes. If you live in Oregon, um, hopefully this will be up before Election Day. I don't know if it will or not. Um, and I'm not really big into politics or anything like that. But Measure 80 is coming up, and it is legalizing marijuana. And let's be real. Who did marijuana hurt, you know? Marijuana is just a beautiful plant, and... Hopefully one day I will go to California and grow weed, and I know everybody says that, and be a sex dominatrix on the side to make ends meet. But no, it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful plant, and it helps so many people, and it's so much safer than the pharmaceutical companies. And I, I'm going on a rant. Sorry. Um, but yes, it is um, coming up. So vote for that, whatever you believe. Um, and, um, I think that's about it. Um, so I hope you all take care and we will, well, you'll hear us on episode three. Good night or day or whatever it is for you. It's night for me. Good night. So, Megan. Oh, there's the microphone. A little bit different. Like, I think, well, here's the thing. It's like, it's just another way of explaining the universe.